then boom goes the dynamite. All right. Christmas is here. <laughs> Football's got one week left. Honestly, I, the NFL for me is essentially over, um, but I guess we still have to do this fucking podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of exciting NFL shit going on going into the final week of the regular season. Even though my Rams aren't involved, uh, it will still be very interesting. And um, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. A lot of, lot of the playoff picture has been decided, um, and yet there's still a lot left to decide. So we're going to talk. We're, we're pretty much going to limit it to the playoff teams today. Uh, we'll pick every game for Week 17, but we'll be talking more about, uh, about specifically the teams that are going to be in contention come January and uh, all those other teams have a lot of stuff to figure out. We may cover that in, in, in later episodes, but uh, we're going to focus in on the playoff teams today uh, after an exciting Week 16, one that 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 uh, solidified a couple things and raised a few more question marks uh, in addition to those. So uh, this, of course, is the SoCo Sports Show for Week 16 and 17. I am the co-host, Cody Michael, and I'm joined, as always, by the SoHo's, Seth Ott. <laughs> there we go. Hot, hot, indeed. Uh, we're going to jump right into some game recaps and uh, painting the the playoff picture here. But before we do that, uh, it sounds like we got a tweet to read. So let's uh, let's jump into that. I call you a punk. Iron Sheet getting involved in the the sports world once again. Uh, again, he's he's a fan of Lamar Jackson, uh, but he's also uh, getting in the conversation uh, with the NFC East. Uh, that's been going on this week. So Iron Sheik has made his pick. Who who he wants to make the playoffs in the East? Uh, you know, it's a, it's a it's a uh, still a fierce competition between the Cowboys and Eagles. Uh, Iron Sheik says, "Fuck the Cowboys." I agree. The Sheik and I have disagreed <laughs> many times over the last couple of months, but I am in agreement. <laughs> Fuck the Cowboys. And I, you know what? I loser, loser. I that's we're gonna talk about the Cowboys in a little bit, but they. They can't get out of their own way, man. Um, Shiki Baby telling it straight. I like it this week. I call you a punk. All right. Our sponsors for this week, as usual, are, first of all, audibletrial.com slash SoCo. Hit the link in the description box. You're going to get 30 days of Audible and your first book for free. Whee! Not a bad, uh, not a bad Xmas present if you if you somehow blew past Christmas without even considering buying presents for anybody. Uh, might be something worthwhile to check out. Also, you can find some gifts and, and other great stuff at Etsy.com/shop/MathisDesigns. Our good friend Steph can help you out with all your stationery and graphic design needs. Pee. And of course, Mike's Wood, another great Christmas gift. Uh, Mike's Mike and his wood can be found on Etsy.com slash shop slash cornfed and wed if you want to get that wood worked. <sighs> All right. That's sounding like you've been waiting on that one for a while. Uh, <laughs> glad that you were able to get it out. Hopefully you'll be lighter weight and more agile for this podcast. Uh, <laughs> but bef- before you continue to stretch anything else, uh, let's kick it over to our previously recorded selves for an anchor ad. <laughs> Did you just go... No. <laughs> yeah, you did. I did it. I even pointed. I, I don't know why. <laughs> like I'm fucking Jimmy Fallon. Or is that, do we have a clip? Do we have a clip? All right. That's. I don't know why I was fascinating or I was fantasizing about that. Anyway, we got all the ads out of the way. Let, let's get into our recaps and uh, take a look at the playoff picture. 
going into week 17 here. That just happened. That just happened. Did we win? All right. We didn't. We did not win. (laughs) (laughs) We did not win. Um, It was a a very interesting week in the playoffs, and the playoff picture is coming into focus. Uh, So let's take a look at what we have here. Let's start on the AFC side. Uh, We'll start at the top with the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Ravens this past week actually locked up the number one seed in the AFC uh, with a 31-15 victory over the Browns. Lamar Jackson continues to impress. 238 yards, three scores through the air, another 103 yards on the ground. His season is likely over because the Ravens have secured the number one spot in the AFC. Nothing to play for in Week 17, so he's going to be sitting along with Mark Ingram and a couple others. Uh, thirteen and two for the Ravens. I mean, you can't really hope for anything more. They're going to get home field. They get the first round by. They're a team that's healthy. They there's a lot going for this team. I would be remiss if I didn't briefly mention that the Browns are so fucking messy. Like they had uh, at one point in this game, Baker Mayfield uh, failed to convert on a third down walked off the field, was booed, and then, like, waved the booing off. And then they caught on the broadcast a fan flipping him off, a Browns fan flipping him off from the seats. The wheels, if they, if you hadn't, if you didn't already think so, the wheels are off the cart in Cleveland, and they <laughs> have a lot of shit to figure out going into the new year. Uh, but the story here, Seth, is that the AFC Super Bowl uh, contender will, will have to go through Baltimore and that's going to be a big ask. Yeah, no, no surprise. Uh, I think you know, just seeing the momentum that has that has gone Baltimore's way over the last uh, several weeks, uh, four, five, six weeks now. So, uh, no surprise. Uh, yeah, the the Browns after probably the most uh, the most hype I think going into the season, um, it, they definitely they they fell pretty quick. So. Again, no surprise, and uh, the Ravens are going to have a nice rest week. Um, I mean, it is just a bit surprising that they're that they don't have competition going into the last week. Usually, the AFC, um, you know, it, it's it's the Patriots with that number one seed, but there's usually a team or like last year's the Chiefs who are fighting for it too, and and all that stuff. So uh, it's kind of surprising that in Week uh, 16 that it that that it is locked up already. But the way the Ravens been playing, it's not too surprising. Mm-hmm. No, not at all. And they've got they've got everything you want. Uh, I mean, if you're if you're if you're picking a favorite to get through the AFC, this is a team that has an that that has an identity. They have attitude. They have an MVP candidate. They have incredible coaching. They have a first round bye. They have a great defense. They have home field advantage. They're healthy. Uh, it, it, if you're looking for a favorite on either side, honestly, of this playoff. Other than the lack of experience at the quarterback position and the the specificity with which their offense works, which maybe some playoff teams figure out how to defend it, I it's really hard for me to say that another team should be favored over Baltimore. Do you have them as your top your top remaining team, or is there another team you think will challenge? Yeah, I, I think that they're they're the top team, not only you know in in the the AFC, but I think right now they're the favorite for the Super Bowl. At this point, just the way they're paying, playing offensively and defensively. So I think if you were to, to do, um, you know, do, do all 12 playoff teams, I, I think they're the number one seed overall. Yeah. 
I think you're right. I mean, make a list of the shit you want going into the playoffs. They've got it all. And uh, they've capped it off. Well, they'll cap it off with the game this weekend, but they capped it off this past week, clinching the number one bye over uh, over their division punching bag, uh, the Browns. So nice, nice way to clean up the season for uh, Jackson, whose numbers even through just 16 or just 15 games instead of 16 uh, are going to put him squarely at the top of the MVP conversation, I would imagine. Um, we'll see what happens in Week 17. That might change that, but uh, he's got to be the favorite going into that. <clears throat> mm-hmm. In the two spot today are the 12 and three New England Patriots, and they took care of business in a very highly anticipated matchup on Saturday, winning 24 to 17 over the Buffalo Bills. So the Patriots get to 12 and three. They'll need to win over the Dolphins this weekend to secure the number two spot, which is very important because of that first round bye, and you'll get a home game in the division round if they're able to to finish it up. So the Patriots, obviously you hope for the one seed, but the two seed, certainly a nice consolation, especially the way this team has struggled over the last couple months. But they righted the ship uh, against Buffalo this week, a pretty complete game. Brady was efficient, 20, 270 yards and a touchdown. They got 96 yards from Sony Michelle uh, and some help from a myriad other rushers as well. Um, uh, Rex Burkhead got involved in the passing game in a big way. Julian Edelman had ca- had catches. So did uh, James White. Mohamed Sanu, can, can Nikhil Henry, whose name I can't say, uh, had a couple Nikhil catches Harry. in this. So did I say Henry? Yeah, he's, I can't uh, say this guy's name at all. He's number their fifteen. Pick. Yeah, number fifteen for the Patriots uh, has gotten involved. These young weapons on this team that have been sort of the big talking point for the last couple months seem to be getting a little bit of traction at least. And it was enough to put up 24 against a very good Buffalo Bills defense. Uh, The Bills, though, just failed to score enough in this game. Josh Allen had 200 yards and two touchdowns, no picks, which was great. They didn't get a lot of the ground game, though, just under 100 yards total rushing, uh, led by Devin Singletary's 46. Cole Beasley and John Brown, though, continue to be sort of the studs of this offense. Beasley had seven catches for 108 yards. John Brown only one catch, but is a 53-yard touchdown. So this is a Bills team that is now locked in as the number five seed in the AFC. They will go on the road uh, to face the number four seed, which today is the Texans and almost certainly will finish that way uh, as well. So the Bills know what they're going to do. They're likely to sit some starters this weekend for a meaningless Week 17 game. Uh, but they fall short against the Patriots, and I know some some Bills fans. I pay a little more attention to the Bills than I do some other teams in the league. They really wanted this one. They had a chance to get the AFC East uh, championship for this season if they won this game. Um, but at ten and five, they're locked in at the five seed. They got to be feeling pretty good about their performance this season, getting a playoff berth. But being unable to take advantage of a New England team that this season was not nearly as talented as they've been in the past, specifically offensively, and the Bills having their best team in decades, I guess, (laughs) um, had to have been a little discouraging for them to lose this game, and now they go in uh, as the wild card. So, Seth, the Patriots, I, I don't think, you know, like we talked about the Ravens a second ago, the Patriots aren't the best team in this playoff, and the Bills were unable to get past them in this game. They're going to be going on the road, uh, to Houston and then potentially to other road games as well as the wildcard team. What's your level of confidence in the Bills at winning multiple playoff games going in as the five seed? 
Multiple, I don't know. Um, I think that they have a good shot wildcard weekend, especially if they play the Texans. I, I actually kind of like them more than the Texans just because they are a more consistent team. And do uh, I think they're better, at least defensively, than the Texans are at any one thing. I think the Texans kind of, again, are inconsistent and and uh, are kind of all over the place. They're, they're good, but not great in one area, where I think is the Bills are pretty great on defense. So... Uh, I like them better in that matchup, but the Bills definitely miss an opportunity this week to to really carry mo- some momentum going into the playoffs um, and get a division win, which you know has been ruled by the by the the Patriots for so long. But uh, like you mentioned, a, a better a better season for the Bills, uh, definitely an encouraging season for the Bills, uh, especially you know if if this isn't their season to to make a run, I think they're in a in a good position to make one in in the future, especially as they gain more talent. They got a good young quarterback, a good young defense, a lot of a lot of good pieces there. So there's a few more pieces, and I think they could potentially be the team that that really takes over that division once uh, you know Brady leaves and and the Patriots kind of fall off of that that mantle they've, they've had for so long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They definitely seem in position to take over, uh, that terrible AFC East that, that 11 straight championships, uh, for that division have now gone to new England who has an opportunity this weekend to secure the two seed. Now they were better offensively this week against a great defense than we've seen in multiple weeks. Now they get to go to the dolphins. Let's assume they'll beat them and go in as the two seed. You've got the first round by you've got home field advantage and hopefully, you know, you've got the extra week to strategize. Is this the point where are you ready to say that because of the position that the Patriots find themselves in, Brady and Belichick are going to find a way to make their way into that NFC champ- or sorry, AFC championship game? Or do you think these other teams, Ravens, Chiefs specifically, um, are in a position where they're going to bounce the Patriots early and we're going to be talking about some young guns rather than Brady and Belichick? Well, if, if uh, the Patriots are the two seed, I don't think they go early. Um, I think that um, they'll probably end up being, well, it depends. I guess it all just kind of depends how it shakes out because I personally think the Chiefs right now are are the better team. If you look at them um, offensively and defensively, defensively they've been outstanding. They've had one of the best pass defenses in the league here recently, um, That and they, they've really recovered well. Uh, the Honey Badger, Tyron Matthews, playing super well right now, so... I think right now the Chiefs carry the momentum, but it, it kind of all depends on how it all shakes out for, for the Patriots. I think, you know, if they were to have to play the Bills again or play the Texans or play, you know, if the Titans make it or the Steelers or, you know, some of those teams, I think that they have a, a much better shot to get a little bit further down the road. But if they do have to run into the Chiefs again, um, I think that the Chiefs are, are have their number and I think that they're the better team right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's talk about the Chiefs. They, they beat the pants off of the Bears this week in Chicago, 26 to 3. You mentioned that defense. They made it really tough on Trubisky in this offense. Trubisky was 18 for 34, 157 yards, uh, kind of a, a fall from his uh, really great few weeks that he was having. And uh, folks are back to calling for uh, Chicago to draft a quarterback again, which I think is the right move. But uh, they just did not get a lot of offense in this game. On the Chiefs' side of things, though, uh, 250 and two scores for Mahomes, whose numbers have not been as gaudy as we're used to seeing but he's been incredibly efficient and he's taking care of the rock and this is a team that like we talked about last week is getting healthy they had all their weapons in this game Tyreek Hill Sammy Watkins both caught passes Travis Kelsey caught eight balls um, in this game had a touchdown as well Uh, they're mixing in some other you know minor characters Damian Williams Spencer Ware they've got 
a hundred fucking running backs on this team, it would seem. Um, and, uh, you mentioned a second ago, the addition of Tyron Matthew this year, he's really come on and, and sparked this defense. All of a sudden it looks like the, the chiefs at 11 and four, they're the three seed today, but have a chance at the two, if things go their way this weekend. And they seem to have a lot of momentum. I, I like the chiefs as a team to potentially be the one to challenge the Ravens. That's, that's the mm-hmm. game I'm hoping to end up at one way or another at some point in the playoffs. Yep. That's what I want to see is chiefs Ravens. I totally agree. And it's funny. Cause like, you know, you see normally like the team, the hot team never really wins the Super Bowl. Um, you know, even going back to a few years ago with like Cam Newton and the Panthers, um, I, you know, the hot team right now is is the Ravens. Um, and normally the, the, the hot team that gets beat uh, is is the, t- the team that is the team that beats them is the Patriots. So like last year is the Chiefs lost in the AFC championship game, you know, so um, it, the Chiefs aren't getting the attention this year because of Lamar Jackson and the, and the Ravens. Um, I like the I like the Chiefs as as the team. I I kind of like them as as the team to get to the Super Bowl because they are the team that that is being overlooked. They're a team that has improved in really the area that they uh, was was their weakness last year was the defense, and so they've improved a lot, especially over the last three, four, five weeks now. Um, Mahomes is still playing very well. The offense is is playing better. Um, I think, and like I said, they're getting healthy. So it's a team that's being overlooked. They have the firepower to match the Ravens. They have a defense to also match the Ravens defense. So uh, it's going to be a very evenly matched game if they do end up playing. And I think that it just, they have a little bit more experience as well. I mean, Mahomes, uh, you know, made it to the AFC championship game last year. So I think overall uh, they have the better coaching uh, with Andy Reid, a guy who, I mean, I know Harbaugh has been there and won a Super Bowl before, but Andy Reid has been there a lot. So, I mean, to me, I, I think the Chiefs are the team uh, that could really cause a lot of trouble, and, and I, I like them to get to the Super Bowl, honestly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, if there's a weakness on this team, I, I think it might be the run game. They just they just don't get a lot out of it, which can, for other teams, makes it really hard to control the clock and control the flow of the game. But the Chiefs, they throw it so efficiently and so well that they're still able to to, to manage time the way they want with the passing game, which is really interesting. They would be a great matchup. Um, against Baltimore, but before we get too ahead of ourselves, let's let's talk about the four seed here, uh, Houston Texans, who locked up the division title in the AFC South, which has been close the entire season. They finally wrapped it up this week. Texans right now ten and five. They're they're more than likely going to be the four seed. There's a lot that needs to happen for them to jump the Chiefs based on tie breaks. Houston won by a score of twenty three to twenty over my Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, and this defense that has never been accused of being good uh, picked off Jameis Winston four times in this game, and that was really the difference. You know, you you win a game by only three points uh, in a in a matchup where you had that many turnovers. Um, so this wasn't a great offensive game. Deshaun Watson only had 184 yards, no touchdowns, and he didn't have a pick. And they had barely any rush yards, but all those turnovers gave him gave him a couple short fields and uh, prevented the Bucks from scoring. So they squeak out a, a messy victory, 23-20 over the Bucks here. Um, they go in as the four seed. They will host one of the wild card teams. Um, it's looking like, unless they end up swapping with the Chiefs, it looks like Texans will host Buffalo in Houston. Uh, I agree with what you said a little bit ago. I like Buffalo in that game. 
Uh, we'll see what, what happens this weekend if the seeding changes, but I like Buffalo to get over the Texans. I think they're the Cowboys slash Eagles of the AFC. Uh, they got in by virtue of being, you know, in the weakest division, but I don't think that they have the sauce to go all the way. They've got <laughs> talent, but every other team does everything they do better than them. You know, mm-hmm. like they've got a great uh, dual threat quarterback, but Jackson's better this season, at least, than Watson. Uh, they've mm-hmm. got a pretty good run game, but other teams have better. They've got a decent defense, but other teams have better. Their home field isn't even really that much of a factor. They don't, mm-hmm. you know, they don't have a, a, one of those great fields to go play at. So uh, great for Houston. Congrats on a division title. I think you're getting bounced in week one, um, especially if it's the Bills, in my opinion. Yep, I agree with you on that. Um, one thing that I did see today is that J.J. Watt sounds like he'll be back. Um, he, he's he's practicing this week, and he's uh, he was when he went on IR, he he was designated to return. So uh, he could be a, a big factor uh, as long as he's you know gets back to full health and can get back to game game shape and game readiness. Uh, he could be a big factor with with the uh, playoff games. Um, so that's cool. I mean, that, that's good for him. He, he's, you know, one of the best defensive ends of all time and it's good. Anytime he's out there, it's, it's better for the game. So, um, that, that could be fun to see, but yeah, otherwise, you know, I just, this team is so inconsistent. They're, they're probably the most inconsistent team, maybe other than like the Rams. Um, but, uh, I don't know why we need, we're tick, we're sticking to playoff teams. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but no, I mean, like you said, like I said, it, it's. I think that the Bills are, are the better team and, and would beat them uh, if they, you know, do end up matching up. Okay, so your Ravens, Patriots, Chiefs, Texans, those are all clinched divisions. Those are your top four seeds. We have the Bills locked in as the number five seed, the top wild card position. The number six seed gets interesting. We've got three teams potentially that could become the six seed. Um, currently. The Tennessee Titans sit in that spot at 8-7. and seven. Say that again. Tighten up. Oh, yeah. There you go. Tighten up. 8-7 uh, and seven right now. They're tied with the Steelers by record, but they own the tiebreak over Pittsburgh. And then you also have the Raiders. <laughs> God. Who at 7-8 and eight still do have a snowball's chance of getting into the playoffs. They need a few things to go their way, and none of those things is actually – very ludicrous so we'll talk about their playoff scenario in a second but but uh let's talk about the titans here so they've had a rough couple of weeks um they've dropped a couple games that have given them uh, a chance to kind of jump up into sole ownership um of of that uh, number six seed but this week they played really well with the new orleans saints uh but they ended up losing this game 28 to 38 so the saints win uh, Tennessee loses, falls to eight and seven here, and it wasn't it wasn't because of Tannehill's play. He was great in this two seventy two and three scores. Um, they did not. I don't know if Derrick Henry was hurt for this game. Can you confirm that he was? He yeah, was. He, he didn't. He did not play. Yeah. So leading rusher was Deion Lewis, who had sixty eight yards, um, and he had a variety of receivers. Uh, Tajay Sharp was the top one, sixty nine yards. Nice. And two <laughs> touchdowns for him. So the Tennessee offense continues to play well, but the defense was uh, was kind of had it taken to him uh, by the Saints in this game. Drew Brees had 279 yards, added three touchdowns to his career touchdown record that was set last week. Um, Alvin Kamara uh, rushed for 80 yards and two scores. And the big news, uh, Michael Thomas sets the single season 
receptions record with, I think, 145. He had 12 catches, 136 yards, and a touchdown. That guy is fucking crazy. It's it, it's no question, right? Be- best receiver in football, and it's not close, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He, has, uh, he has more catches than the entire wide receiving core of like seven teams. And I know one of them is the Vikings. Um, <laughs> it's pretty crazy. It's, I, I can't believe it. I mean, to know the thing is, is they know everyone knows going into games that he's the main target. He's getting mm-hmm. the best coverage every week and he's averaging like 10 catches and a hundred yards per game. <laughs> right. It's, it's crazy. I, the guy, and he's still, he's in like his fourth or fifth year. He just got paid. As long as he stays healthy, he's got a long, exciting career ahead of him. Um, and we'll get to their the Saints' place in the NFC playoff picture in a second. But for the Titans, uh, at 8-7, and seven, they do control their own destiny. They only need a victory um, this week uh, over Houston, who looks like they'll be sitting guys um, in order to clinch the sixth seed. So... The Titans are the team, Seth, that you have claimed as your own. Uh, they've they've had some stumbles the last couple of weeks, but still find themselves in a position to, uh, again, control their own fate by winning at Houston this week. I know that uh, between Tennessee, Pittsburgh, and the Raiders, uh, I, I think it's not a stretch to say that the Titans would be your best pick uh, to not only get in but have a chance uh, to win a game mm-hmm. or two in the AFC playoffs. Yeah, they were really close to beating the the Saints. I watched uh, I watched that game, and uh, the the Titans were keeping up with them, and that's without their one of their best players and and Derrick Henry. Um, you know, D- Ryan Tannehill's playing like a playoff quarterback. Um, you know, he's got a great connection with uh, AJ Brown, even though they didn't have a ton of uh, a ton of uh, receptions this week. AJ Brown's a playmaker. Uh, he had a big long run uh, this week that helped me out a little bit in daily fantasy, so that was cool. <laughs> um, but. Uh, you know, if it's not him, they you know Corey Davis, former first round pick. Tajay Sharp is a guy who they really liked from a couple of years ago. He's playing well, um, and then uh, Jono Smith, their their tight end, who's filling in for Derek uh, uh, Delaney Walker. So he's playing well. Um, overall, I I do like like I've talked about, really like this team. I think defensively they're playing well too. Um, but it's it's encouraging to see them keep up with a, a team that a lot of people have as a potential uh, Super Bowl contender in in the Saints. So. Um, I, I like this Titans team. I think if they don't make the playoffs, I think it's kind of a shame. You know, if the, if the Saints or Raiders make the playoffs over them, I think that's a waste because both both of those teams are not playoff ready at all. Um, both those teams are, are a first round bounce easy, and and I think that the Titans could surprise the people. So um, I, I think that the, the Titans should and 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 hopefully will make it. Yeah, I, I I think that they're gonna have the best chance. I think if 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 the other two teams get in, I think they're just gonna have the floor wiped with them. Uh, but we'll see if Tennessee can close the door. Um, it looks like their reward for doing so might be a trip to either Kansas City or to Foxborough, uh, which would both be tough games. But Titans right now eight and seven. Uh, they've been your big your big pick this year. That that seems to have been a good one. Tannehill. Playing his way into a contract, it looks like. If I'm Tennessee, I like him uh, for a, a short-term, maybe two-year deal uh, after this season. We'll see what they do. Uh, but it seems like they've found a guy who is capable of winning games at the very least. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers right now on the outside looking in, but all they need is to win their game and have Tennessee lose. The reason that they have lost control 
over that six seed is that they lost this week to the New York Jets, which should immediately disqualify you from making the playoffs. But <laughs> it, it hasn't yet. Um, Ten to sixteen was the final, and what must have been the most boring game of the weekend. I'll be honestly, I'll be honest with you, I did not watch it. Um, and the problem for the Steelers was the same problem it always is. Their defense was incredible, played super well, held the opponent to 16 points. Most teams will win a game where they only allow 16 points, but the Steelers have no offense. Uh, Mason Rudolph and Devlin Hodges both played in this game. They combined for 200 yards, one touchdown, and two picks. They got nothing on the ground game, even though James Conner was back in this game. Uh, they just did not have anything going on. Their wide receivers are guys I can't even tell you the name of. They just don't have the offense to win a playoff game. So it's my hope, I'm alongside you, that this team doesn't get into the playoffs because I think it would just they're just not a they're just not a playoff team. Um, but they have an opportunity to get in. Uh, they'll be the, I'll be rushing to bet against them <laughs> in the wild card round if they do squeak their way in. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah, a team that, that has to make uh, quarterback changes uh, in Week 16 is not a team. And I talked about this last week. There was a little bit of controversy going in where they had to name their starter. And then, again, in this game, they had to switch their starter. So a team that's doing that Week 16 and, and trying to push for the playoffs is not a playoff team. Um, they shouldn't be doing that. This team is not very good. Uh, there's actually a pretty funny video of, uh, of a Steelers fan who was wearing a, a Devlin Hodges jersey and had a duck mask on. <laughs> and then uh, what, as soon as he went out, uh, he switched his jersey to a Mason Rudolph jersey, and he had a Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer uh, mask that he put on. Yeah, okay. So he was ready for it. Uh, but uh, no, this this team should, I mean, again, it, it'd be a crime if they made the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I think so too. Uh, the true crime would be theft. And the Oakland Raiders are now in a position where they can thieve the number six seed. Uh, they're in that position because they won 24 to 17 over the Chargers in the Cobol, uh, which was played in LA. <laughs> Chargers fall to five and ten. They've got a lot of stuff to reconsider going into next year. But Oakland has a chance to become an eight and eight wild card playoff team. I think a lot Gross. of the things we said about Pittsburgh are true for Oakland as well. I don't like their their snow. I don't like them even having a snowball's chance, even in the wild card round of winning a game in these playoffs but it would be a huge success for this team as it would for pittsburgh just to get in um Uh i'll say this for oakland over pittsburgh though i think oakland their defense is obviously far worse than the steelers but their offense is is quite a bit better or at least they're quite a bit they're capable of quite a bit more the ceiling for the oakland offense is a lot higher than the steelers so given the choice between the two i would prefer oakland get in because I think they have a slightly better chance at winning a game, but as much as I would love for Oakland to make a run, uh, I don't like the odds of them winning a game. But the odds of them getting the sixth seed are not low. Uh, Here's what Oakland needs. Let me read this to you. They need to win their game. They need Pittsburgh to lose. They need Tennessee to lose. They need Indianapolis to win. And that's it. Um... Pittsburgh and Tennessee are both, we'll, we'll get to previews in a second, but they're both playing losable games, absolutely. Um, so it's up to Oakland to get a win here. And then uh, Indianapolis is favored in their game also to win this week. So there's a there's a chance, and it's not even a super low one, that Oakland ends up being the team in. I would love to see it just because it would be the co-team over the so-team getting in as the sixth seed. But again, I think they're going to be a doormat for whoever they come, happen to run up against. So Tennessee... <laughs> Uh, I agree with you. 
uh, would provide the best matchup for the wild card weekend. Yeah, I the 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 Raiders uh, they're they're just still a few steps away uh, at this point from being a, a contender um, and and really being able to challenge anyone. I know they're 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 kind of banged up too, and Josh Jacobs has been in and out of the lineup. He's been a real key piece for them, and and is in the rookie of the year, offensive rookie of the year conversation, but. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't want to see the Raiders in the playoffs at this point. I think again, would be a waste of a a playoff spot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Let's switch over to the NFC, which nothing is locked in the NFC. Um, at least in the AFC, your number one seat is locked. Nothing is locked in the NFC. We know the six, actually, we know seven of the teams that could get in for six spots, uh, but we have no clue as to the order. So let's start at the top as of now. The 49ers of San Francisco are your number one seed. They're 12-3. and three. They're coming off a victory over my Los Angeles Rams uh, in what was actually a very good and close game. Uh, Niners end up winning this with a buzzer-beater field goal, 34-31. Uh, to 31. And Garoppolo played well in this game when he needed to, but his numbers weren't fantastic. He had 248 yards, one touchdown, but two picks, but had an incredibly clutch play on a deep ball, I believe, to Emmanuel Sanders to set up the final uh, game-winning field goal. They got a little over 100 yards on the ground here, so the Rams' defense uh, stood up better than than most teams have against the San Francisco running attack. Uh, the Rams' offense, Jared Goff had a good game, 323 yards, two scores. He did have a pick. Todd Gurley got involved, 48 yards on the ground, two uh, touchdowns, and they kind of spread the ball amongst their receivers. Robert Woods led the way with 117 yards. Tyler Higby, what? though... Why, why are you talking about the Rams right now? It doesn't matter. Because they're – shut up. They're my team. Tyler Higby. it's <laughs> worth mentioning. It's worth mentioning three straight 100-yard games for Tyler Higby, uh, which is, a I think, a first for Rams tight ends. But um, here's, why, here's why I bring the Rams up, Seth, because they put up 30, 31 points uh, against okay. the San Francisco defense, which we all know is a great defense, but they do allow points. Uh, what's great about the Niners is that they've got – a great defense, but they've also got an offense that can put up points and win in a shootout, which you saw a couple weeks ago uh, against the Saints and again here this week against the Rams. So uh, San Francisco in control of their own fate. They can lock in the one seed by beating Seattle in the game of the year uh, on Sunday night football this week. We'll preview that one in a little bit here. Uh, But they get back on track after the loss um, last, last week or two weeks ago, whenever it is they most recently lost. Uh, San Francisco is the team in the NFC that has the coach, the quarterback, the defense, the potential home field advantage, the potential first round by. Uh, they're they're getting healthier. They've they've had some uh, banged up running backs, and I know that uh, Richard Sherman on the defense is dealing with an injury. So they they potentially will get time. The first round by I think is incredibly important to this team. So they're, they're really going to want to win this game. But the Niners potentially going into the one seed, definitely going to be a tough out in the NFC. Yeah, no, I uh, agree, um, yeah, especially if they get the home field. Uh, I just want to thank them, though, for uh, giving the uh, the, the uh, final wild, wild card spot to the Vikings. I appreciate that uh-huh. uh, because the, the Vikings would not have been able to secure that if the Rams won that game. So um, appreciate that. that. That's real nice of the Niners. And, uh, you know, the Vikings – uh, don't end up, uh, you know, making it past the wild card round. I'll be rooting for the 49ers. Ooh, there you go. <laughs> Seth likes the Niners. I say fuck them, but um, you know, whatever. Uh, 
You know who I like, though, is the division rival of your team that just beat you. How does that sound? <laughs> fair play. Uh, the Green Bay Packers are your two seed. They clinch the NFC North division title with a victory in Minnesota over the Vikings on Monday Night Football. And this was... I. It's really hard to break this game down because I think that... Nah. I think the Packers played well, specifically on defense, but I'm still not crazy impressed with the Packers. And mm-hmm. they did have... Okay, so let's run down the stats. Rodgers had 216 yards, no touchdowns, but a pick. Aaron Jones was the MVP of this game. He had 154 mm-hmm. yards, two touchdowns. And then uh, Devontae Adams led the way in receiving 13 catches, 116. He appears to be ready and fully healthy uh, for the playoffs. For the Vikings, there was no offense. They had under 200 mm-hmm. yards of total offense. They had, I want to say, like seven first downs in this game, only 10 points. This was ugly for the Minnesota offense. Let's focus for now on the Packers. This is a team that has been up and down specifically on, well, actually on both sides of the ball. We don't know what we're going to get out of the Packers, but here's a team with a chance to lock up the two seed, first round by home field advantage at Lambeau. Aaron Rodgers has not had a great statistical season, but he is still Aaron Rodgers. And they have uh, uh, definitely a Pro Bowl snub in Aaron Jones, um, who does it through the air and on the ground and is one of the best rushers in the NFL this season. They've got a defense that is capable of playing great, even though they've laid some eggs. Um, But on Monday night, the star of it was Zadarius Smith, who had fucking three Mm -hmm. and a half sacks. I think he recovered a fumble. He had, it was he was everywhere. It was a nightmare for mm-hmm. for the Vikings. So, this Packers team, again, they have a chance to be the two seed. They could be they could end up the three or four as well, depending on how this next weekend shakes out, depending on their game up against Detroit. But the Packers, another one of these teams, they they seem to have all the pieces, but you never really know what you're going to get out of Green Bay. So it's really hard to say, even as a twelve and three team, that they're a team capable of making a run. Yeah, I mean, to your point about Aaron Rodgers, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. Like, I, I the the reason they won this game was because of Aaron Jones. He he really locked this one away uh, at the end with a like a fifty yard touchdown run. Um, if this would have been Aaron Rodgers of a couple of years ago, this the score would have been out of control. It would have been thirty five forty points to to ten. Um, they had, they had good field position throughout the game. Um, they had plenty of opportunities to to go down and score, and, and they didn't. It really wasn't until the end of the game where, where they pulled away with that long touchdown run. So uh, the Vikings offense was not doing anything, and the defense was on the field a lot. And it finally just came – the defense actually played really, really well. Um, but it just came down to they were on the field too much and got tired, and, and you know, the, the run game took over. So um, – I, I, I don't think, I mean, yes, playing in Lambeau, playing against Aaron Rodgers, there, there's a lot there. I just don't think that this team is going to win a lot of playoff games because of Aaron Rodgers. I don't think we're going to see classic Aaron Rodgers games where he takes over and, and, you know, has 300 yards and four touchdowns. I think that the way they win football games is they play good defense. Uh, they, they get after the quarterback, which they've been able to do pretty much all year. Uh, but especially in this game, they really got after Cousins. Uh, Zadarius Smith was living in the backfield here, so... If they can play that well, that good a defense, and run the ball as well as they did, they got a shot to win a lot of games, especially in the cold tundra of of Lambeau. Um, but if, if they need Aaron Rodgers to, you know, if if they are the two seed and, and play the one seed, whether whether it be not the Niners or the the Seahawks, um, 
I, th- I think if they have to go into somewhere and 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 really have to put up a lot of points to to win, I don't see them doing that. I, I don't think I don't think they're good enough to be a Super Bowl contender unless they somehow, um, you know, let's say the one seed loses uh, unexpectedly. Then I would say maybe they can make the Super Bowl, but otherwise, I, I think that their their road will stop at the NFC Championship game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, weird thing to say about a twelve and three team, but they need some sort of spark that mm-hmm. they have lacked all season, and we'll see if they get that um, going into the playoffs. We'll see where they land seed wise uh, come next week. Let's go ahead and talk about your Vikings, who have locked in the sixth seed thanks to the Rams' loss, and so Vikings are playoff bound. They are the sixth seed. They will be going to either the Saints, Packers, or Niners. It could be any of those three teams. <laughs> so a road game. And their performance on Monday night does not instill a lot of confidence here. Uh, we mentioned it earlier. The offense was absolutely bulimic. Um, what, did I say bulimic? I meant anemic. Um, <laughs> that's a thing. They're that, well, actually, they did, they did puke up a bunch of fucking uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, punts and turnovers. But anyway, um, Probably neither one of those things is actually an okay thing for me to have said. But anyway, <laughs> um, Vikings now fall to 10-5. and five. They know that they're the sixth seed. And so they go into this game against the Bears uh, this weekend. It's seemingly a meaningless game unless they're trying to build some momentum, which I think they need to do. I don't know, Seth, what you've heard about whether or not they're going to sit starters. But if I'm Minnesota, I want to play my guys because this is a team right now that has a lot of question marks after a terrible let's be honest, a dreadful performance on Monday night against a division rival at home uh, where they had previously been so great this year. Uh, The question marks about Kirk Cousins are coming back up. We're all of a sudden talking about this team can't win without Dalvin Cook. And, you know, there's still some question marks about his health and what he's looking looking at. So I, I, I haven't been paying attention to the Vikings, but what have you heard, if anything, about whether or not they plan on playing starters this weekend against Chicago? I'm sure that Cook and Madison won't play just because they have been hurt and game doesn't mean anything. So they they probably won't play, or I guarantee they won't play. Um, I don't know about anything else. I mean, I, I think they, they came out of this game relatively unscathed defensively, or excuse me, injury-wise. Um, defensively, they played. They did play really well defensively up until that last fourth quarter when it kind of, mm-hmm. you know, that that one long long run is broken up. That that's a thing I've really liked seeing the last two three weeks is that the defense has played very very well um Rhodes is I mean he he gave up some some decent catches but he's played better um there's they've they've gotten a shitload of turnovers <laughs> recently too um this this game they, they had a couple fumbles right away they had a pick of Rodgers Rodgers threw his first pick since week three so that's that's the encouraging sign the offense is what and specifically the offensive line is is what's concerning um the, the reason there was no offense is because anytime they snap the ball they had two two or three defensive linemen in the backfield immediately. So Cousins just didn't have any time to, to really let anything go. And when he did have time, you know, he's holding on to the ball too long because he's a little shy of <laughs> getting hit. So he just kind of didn't know what to do. Um, and then they had no run game to speak of. Uh, Mike Boone's a good running back, but uh, the Packers, the, their strength all season has been the run defense. Um, and, and I think that he, they just, he just didn't have any room to, to run here in this one. So... Um, overall, I think that this was just a really tough game. Um, I, I, I don't, I mean, I don't know what happened. I, they, they, they played so well up until this point, uh, and they just shit the bed here. So, um, I, I think the offensive line is the big concern though. I, I think that's, what's going to hold them back here, uh, late in the season, uh, especially, I mean, you look at teams like, 
you know, the the Seahawks with Clowney and, and the Niners with Bosa, uh, they just don't have the line to really make a deep run uh, or, you know, dep- depending on who they play, uh, even a run past the wildcard game because if their line can't block those guys, Cousins, he's, he's a guy that needs to roll out. He needs play action. Uh, and, and he's not going to be able to do that against, you know, some of the elite offensive lines or defensive lines. So I think as a team, the Vikings aren't really poised to do a whole lot in this postseason. So you think that it's more likely that, I guess, either either the Vikings are truly as limited as we saw them on Monday, specifically without Davin Cook, or this was a case where division rival comes in, big game, prime time, the team just kind of shrunk, and this was an outlier. Are, do you think that this is more the exception or more the rule for this Vikings team? I, I mean, I, I think that it's – I don't think it was just a case of they, they didn't step up. I think I think it was that their biggest weakness was exploited in their, mm-hmm. their offensive line. Sure. Um, they're, they, this has been a weakness for them all season, and they've been able to kind of manufacture ways around it. Uh, with with rollouts and play action and things like that, and the Packers really went after Cousins, and and that's what they haven't really faced a lot of teams that have that elite pass rush. Um, it, it's, I mean, the 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 I guess the exception there is probably the Seahawks, but in that game, um, you know, they 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 did play better in that game against the Seahawks off uh, on the offensive line. Uh, Clowney wasn't too much of a factor; they kind of made their way around it. Um, I, I, for for this one though, I, I and especially against guy you know team like if they played the 49ers, there's no way that they they're gonna have any time to throw. They they just have they have the best pass rush in football uh, right now, the best player in football on the defensive line. So I, I I don't think against some of the elite teams with the elite defensive lines, they're not gonna be able to hold up. They they just don't have the the offensive line to hold up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see what the Vikings can do. Uh, going in, but we know that they will be playing in two weeks um, on the road in the wild card round. So we'll see who they come up against. Uh, one of the one of the teams could be the New Orleans Saints. We mentioned them a little bit ago. Uh, they won a big game over the Tennessee Titans uh, this week. Uh, we talked about the big numbers from Breeze and from Thomas. And the Saints, just like we talked about on the other side with the Kansas City Chiefs, this is a team that kind of mirrors the Chiefs' story this season. Uh, they came out, they had some injuries right away, uh, specifically Kamara and Breeze in this, among others. They had a dip in the season that wasn't really a dip. They continued to win while those guys got healthy. Now they're starting to come back. They're starting to play really well. Everyone is healthy. All the weapons are available. They're well-rested because they've all taken some time off, and they have the opportunity, uh, depending on how things shake out this weekend, to get a first round by, I think the Saints should be right there near the comp- near the top of the conversation for who is planning on coming out of the NFC. Yeah, absolutely. They, I think they're um, one of, if not the most well-rounded team uh, all around here. So, yeah, I, I mean, we talked about it all season. The Saints are, are a very good football team. They they're always a shot, especially if they're playing at home. They always have, they are they're always a shot to to win. So, um, you know, I, I think that. Again, I talked about with, against the Titans. The Titans, I think, are a team that um, are are up are a team that can compete with anyone. And, and so, I don't take too much of like you know this is a close game, anything like that. I, I don't think that's you know a detriment to the Saints. If anything, I think that's more of saying that the Titans are are real. Um, but anyway, I think that the the Saints again playing at home, they they have a shot to beat any team. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, Saints can still get the first round by uh, the easiest way would be for themselves to win and for either Green Bay or San Francisco to lose. So they could still get up into the two seed, I believe. I don't know if they can get the one, but they can still get the first round by. Uh, so big things ahead for the Saints. They'll be playing some meaningful football in the second half of January, most likely. Uh, the last couple teams of our puzzle here, first of all, Philadelphia, as it sits today at 8-7, and seven, is your four seed. They sit on top of the NFC East, uh, also known as the NFC Least by a lot of folks. Uh, they beat the Cowboys in Philadelphia 17-9, to nine, and this was the Carson Wentz show. Uh, he had 319 yards and a touchdown. Miles Sanders was the lead runner with 79 yards and a score. Uh, Dallas Goddard was the top receiver. He's, he's their second tight end uh, who has had an expanded role because of some injuries to Zach Ertz, but he had 90 yards and a touchdown. So an Eagles team uh, that has found a way to win over these last couple weeks, and they did it this week over a Cowboys team that has found ways to lose these last couple weeks. With the exception of the Rams game, the Cowboys have looked like one of the worst teams in football, which just completely fucking shocks me. I have no idea how to talk about Dallas because they've got they've got high-caliber guys all over this field. They just can't make it work. I don't know if it's the coaching. I don't, I don't know what the hell is going on in Dallas, but they find themselves in a situation where they need to win and they need the Eagles to lose. Or the Cowboys are going to be out on the outside looking in. Eagles are one win away from locking up the division and going in as a 9-7 and seven NFC East champion and hosting um, either the San Francisco 49ers or Seattle Seahawks. Either way, I think they lose that game. But the way the season has gone for the Eagles, it would be a pretty great result for them to even just make the playoffs. It would be pretty impressive for them to do. Yeah, I guess. I, I mean, <laughs> it's it's kind of just like with talking about the you know the Raiders and the and the uh, and the Steelers. It's kind of a, a tragedy that these teams make the playoffs. I mean, there's so many other teams that uh, uh, you know out of the other divisions that should make it over them. <laughs> you know, the, the Rams being one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, in, you know, unfortunately, they you know they had to lose to the Cowboys. You know, so. Um, <laughs> but uh, I had almost forgotten. The the thing that worries me about like with with the Eagles is that they've done this before. You know they they've been uh, a team that has has been not great. You know towards the end of the season and and you know surprised a few teams or you know made the, <laughs> won the Super Bowl. So you know I, I think that because the year they won the Super Bowl, like the, the everyone's like, oh, you want to go into Philadelphia and play them? You got you want to go and play them and. And, uh, you know, it's a tough place to play, you know, watch, I, I watched that game as well. And, and, you know, hearing the crowd, uh, in, in, in Philadelphia, no matter what that record is that they're, they're always behind that team. And so, um, there it's a, t- that's a tough place to play, especially if the weather's not great. So they could, they could really beat any team, you know, they ha- they do have a lot of, even with, uh, you know, some missing players, they're putting up points offensively. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. I, I think that they're, you know, they're either going to get smoked or they're going to squeak out a win against someone. So uh, we'll see what happens. Eagles just fucking find a way, man. It's weird. I, we'll see. We'll see what they can pull off. I'll tell you what the Eagles do have. They've got an identity and they've got some attitude and they, they're getting healthier. They still are dealing with a shitload of injuries, but there are guys coming back um, who potentially could help them. 
I don't know that I love Philly in any game, but it's hard to deny that they've got something that other teams don't. Uh, one of those other teams being Dallas, who I, I I would prefer Dallas get in because I think they'll provide a better game in the wild card round. But I don't know why. Like why I don't know why we some people out there still believe in the Cowboys. It looks like they've almost certainly decided that they're going to be firing head coach Jason Garrett. Um, they still have a way to back in with a win and a Philly loss here, but for for Dak and for Zeke and for Cooper and every, all this offense and Van Der Esch and and all the studs, Demarcus Lawrence on the defense, uh, they they're they're looking at at best an eight and eight season and potentially not a playoff berth. This ha- this can be considered nothing but an, a huge failure of a season for Dallas. Yeah, I, I mean it's. Especially early on in the season, they're looking so good. And, uh, you know, both of us were talking about uh, them being the division winner pretty easily, uh, you know, halfway through the season. And, and now it's turned out to be this, and, and they've really fallen off. So, um, yeah, I, I think, I mean, honestly, just looking at the teams, I, I still don't think the Eagles are a very good football team overall, but I think Dallas is worse. So, you know, out of the two, I think the Eagles have a better shot to, uh, you know, make a little noise just because of the home field and, and uh, you know, kind of the way they're playing right now, but uh, yeah, I don't want to see I don't want to see either team in the playoffs, but I really don't want to see Dallas because they they've kind of been an embarrassment and they really need a shakeup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, and and they will. They're going to have a big shakeup, I think. Uh, a lot of people getting getting axed uh, come uh, seven days from now if if things don't go right this weekend. It seems uh, it seems unfair that the final team we're talking about is the Seattle Seahawks, but right now they are your five seed, top wild card position, at eleven and four uh, in the NFC. Eleven and four because they they lost a game. Here's a head scratcher: twenty-seven to thirteen against the Arizona Cardinals in Seattle. Uh, this was a strange game. Uh, this this kind of seemed to be the case where. You know, the the favorite comes out just a little slow, and Arizona came out with everything they had. They really wanted to win this one. Uh, Wilson was not great in this game. He was only 16 for 31. He had 169 yards and a touchdown. Um, I guess he doesn't want to be MVP. He just would rather Lamar take it. Um, (laughs) But the big news here, Chris Carson injured. He's going to miss the rest of the season. And because of that, we found out over the past couple days that uh, Marshawn Lynch and – uh, sorry, help me with the second guy's name. Uh, Turbin, Robert Turbin. Robert Turbin, yep. Two running backs, uh, both former Seattle running backs, have now been signed to the Seattle roster to hopefully bolster this running game, which all season we've been talking about Russell Wilson as a potential MVP candidate and the heart and soul of this team, which he still is, but they need to run the ball to be successful. That was made very clear uh, with this Arizona game. So those two guys are going to have a lot of responsibility to shoulder between the two of them, because this is a Seattle team that while I think they're a great team, they've got Russell Wilson. They've got a really good defense that I think underperformed against Arizona. They have to be able to run the ball, especially against the other teams in the NFC and their upcoming game against San Francisco is one where they're going to have to come out and prove that, that they can do that. Uh, and if they don't, then they're going to be going on the road uh, probably to Philly or to Dallas uh, as a wildcard team rather than a first-round by home field division team. So a lot is on the line in the Sunday night game that we'll preview in a bit. But what's your takeaway from the Seahawks' loss to the Cardinals? Does it scare you? Um, do you chalk it up as, you know, you tripped up against a division rival? What, what's your takeaway other than the fact, like we said, that they've, they've got to get their running game together? 
I think this goes back to what we've said all season in, in that um, if Russell Wilson doesn't play well, then this team doesn't have a lot behind it to, to you know, be great. I think if Russell Wilson's great, this team is great. If he's not, then they're pedestrian. And, you know, Russell Wilson always steps up in the playoffs. So I'm not really worried about them in the playoffs. I think that, you know, once they get there, Russell Wilson's going to be playing like Russell Wilson. Um, you know, it's, I think it's just one of those games Russell Wilson is off, so the entire team is off. So if you can get him off his game come the playoffs, then then you got a real shot to beat them. Um, and then, then the running game, too. I mean, it, it, that's the biggest takeaway is that, you know, the Chris Carson, who's been a very solid running back for them for a couple of years now, is, is gone again. Um, their first-round pick last year, Rashad Penny, has been in and out of the lineup. He, you know, he's been hurt. Um, so, you know, they picked up a couple of guys that, that are familiar with the system that haven't played in a little bit. Uh, you know, uh, Lynch had, had an okay year last year, kind of a down year from the year before. I don't know when the last time Robert Turbin's played. Um, so we'll see how they do. I mean, both guys are big. They're not very fast. They kind of are just bruisers. So, you know, I, I don't know how that's, you know, because Carson and Penny kind of had a, comp, a compliment to each other. Carson is kind of that bruiser um, and, and was, you know, the, the first and second down back. And, and Penny is a little bit more quick and shifty and, and uh, um, you know, it was a change of pace. So... I don't know how these these two guys are really going to complement that running game. They know the system, but do they, you know, do they do they come in there and just pound the rock a bunch, or do they, you know, bring in? I know they have CJ Procise. Do they have him come in on third down and be the more pass, the pass guy? I don't know. We'll we'll see how that all works out. And do they, do either of those guys have any rust? So, um, you know, they, the Seahawks have a few more questions than they than they do, you know, kind of positive points right now, but. Uh, you know, we'll see. Uh, like, like we talked about, Russell Wilson, if he's playing at his best, this team is going to be very hard to beat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that uh, that Sunday night matchup is huge game. Can't wait to watch it. And for the Seahawks, hugely important because that's going to be the difference between playing two games at home or going on the road for three in this playoff run. So we'll we'll see what uh, we'll see what they're able to do. Uh, in order to secure home field this weekend, but that's your playoff picture. Uh, on both sides of things. So again, um, uh, 11, sorry, 10 of the 12 teams have locked in um, with the Cowboys, Steelers, and Raiders still alive uh, in various scenarios. So we'll have to see how week 17 shakes out to see what our final playoff picture is. And we'll, of course, be picking all of those games and previewing them next week. Uh, but for now, Seth, I think we've touched on this. I think we've each given our answers over the course of, of time here. But based on what you know today, based on the teams that we think are in, uh, who is your top in each in each division? For me, uh, it's Ravens and Saints. What do you say? Um, obviously, the Ravens. Um, yeah, I think I think it's I think I agree with you with the Saints as well. I think they're just the most complete team with the least amount of question marks right now. Um, you know, especially more because they're they're more more than likely set up for some home games and and all that. So probably the Saints with with a close second of the Forty ers mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be great. I think there's especially in the I think the AFC is interesting, but the NFC has any of these teams could win the Super Bowl in any other year, but they're all this great this season, and it's gonna make for an awesome playoff. I'm super excited to see it. For now, though, uh, we have one week one week before those things are locked in, and let's preview the games that are going to take place in week 17 here. It's coming right for us! All right here. So we, we're going we're gonna to preview the whole suite of games. So some of these won't be playoff teams. 
but 16 games this weekend, all on Sunday. Uh, it's one of my favorite football days of the year because all the games are happening at once. Uh, and we start, Seth, with my Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, coming <laughs> off coming off that loss against Houston. Uh, they will host the Atlanta Falcons. Again, a, a meaning, meaningless game here. Uh, but could be an interesting one. You've got a lot of Atlanta players playing for their jobs, I would say, and probably some guys in Tampa, one of them named Jameis Winston, who was having a historic three-week three, uh, stretch before a four-interception uh, four performance this last weekend. Uh, I like Jameis to bounce back and uh, for Tampa Bay to cover the spread, which is 1.5 points here. They are the favorite. So I like Tampa to finish out strong at home and get to 8-8 eight and eight to finish the year out. A year that I will later uh, explain why, maybe not even today, but on future podcasts, is a success for Tampa Bay. We'll come back to them later, but I'm picking them minus 1.5. Man, you spent too much time talking about the Buccaneers. Um, <laughs> that, that would be the <laughs> subtitle of this podcast. <laughs> yep. Uh, I, I, I'm picking the Buccaneers as well. All right. Finally, you're on my side. Uh, let's go to Buffalo. Now the bills have locked in the five seed in the AFC, so they don't really have anything to play for. They'll likely be sitting some guys, uh, but they're at home and they're the favorites by a point and a half against the New York jets. Uh, I'm still going to pick Buffalo. I don't care who they're sitting. I just think structurally they have more going on for them. And even if they sit their best 10 players, I still think their roster is better than the jets. Uh, and with a line of only 1.5, I like the Bills to squeak out a win, even even if it's just by a field goal in a close game because guys are sitting. So I'll, I'll still take Buffalo here. Yeah, I was picking Bills as well. Great. Let's talk about your Minnesota Vikings. They're at home against the Chicago Bears. Another game that really doesn't mean anything. The Vikings know what they're doing. They could use some momentum here, but we don't quite know what they're going to do in terms of sitting starters. They're the favorites here by 6.5 points. And... It's interesting here. I'm going to assume they play starters because I think Zimmer is a tough guy. I think he's going to want them to get some momentum here. I'm going to assume that they play at least some of the starters. And if they do so, I like them to cover because Chicago can't score. So I will take the Vikings minus six and a half. I'm going with the Bears. (laughs) Huge shocker there. Um, We go to the state of Ohio, which has its civil war. Cincinnati Bengals are hosting the Cleveland Browns. The Bengals are getting two and a half points here. Uh, they lost a classic this weekend uh, against the Giants in which they put up over 30 points. The Browns are a total shitstorm. And again, this is something I've been talking about all year. Even though the Bengals are 1-14, and 14, I do not refer to them as a loser team. But the Browns, I do. And I think they'll somehow find a way to not win this game and fall to 6-10 and 10 on the season. Everybody's getting fired. I will take the Bengals to close out the career of Freddie Kitchens, plus 2.5. I'm going to the Bengals as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Green Bay Packers here. They do have uh, some seating left to play for. They're going to travel to Detroit where they are favored by 10.5 points. I think that Green Bay got some much-needed momentum, and I think they'll continue by rolling Detroit. So eat your 10.5 and, and give me Green Bay on the road. Yeah, I agree with you on that one as well. All right. We are in step so far. Let's go to the Chiefs. They're going to be hosting the Chargers. Again, the Chiefs do have seating to play for, and they're favored by 7.5 points against a 5-10 and 10 Chargers team that doesn't know what the fuck it's doing. Uh, I will go ahead and take the Chiefs to cover. They know that this game is important because they want home field advantage in the AFC. Yep. Uh, for the first time, you're picking the Chiefs, but I'm, I'm going with them as well this time. <laughs> 
Have I not picked the Chiefs? I guess I probably haven't. I like to pick against them. You were, huge, yeah, you rarely pick the Chiefs. They get huge spreads, and I get, you know mm-hmm. they cover a lot of the time, but I have not picked mm-hmm. them much this season. Let's see if I can't jinx them this week. Uh, we go to New England. The Patriots will host Miami, who all of a sudden is 4-11 and after being 0-7 oh, and I think seven, uh, earlier in the season. So Miami playing well. They come off a huge win, uh, that overtime game uh, against since was it Cincinnati that or was it uh, Giants 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 um, anyway the line here 15 and a half points for the Patriots I just think it's too wide uh, I think the Patriots are going to win this game and lock up the two seed but I think it's going to be more like 10 points than 15 and a half I think Miami's got too much pride to lose by that much and frankly Patriots don't have the offensive pi- firepower uh, for me to be eating that many points agreed <laughs> Uh, let's see here. What else we got? Carolina. The Panthers, who are on a huge skid um, and continue to lose even after the firing of Ron Rivera, are now 5-10. and 10. They're at home, and they're getting 13.5 points against the visiting New Orleans Saints, who are another team that can win their way into home field advantage. I think they will do that again by putting a stomping on Carolina. I think it, this, is, this is over a two-touchdown victory for the Saints, so you can keep the points. Yeah, we don't know who's still going to be starting for the Panthers, whether it's Will Greer, who didn't do anything, or Kyle Allen will be back. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going with the Saints on this one as well. I dig it. Let's go to Dallas. Cowboys need a win to stay alive. They'll also need some help. Uh, and they're 10.5-point favorites against the visiting Washington Redskins, who come in at 3-12. and 12. I have been betting Dallas all year just on the idea that they, that, of course, they're the best team in the NFC East. Now, we don't think that that's the case, and 10.5 points is too many points for me to be giving to a team playing against this Cowboys team, which seems incapable of beating anybody. So, I will take the Redskins plus 10.5. Yeah, Redskins have been playing well lately, too, so uh, I'm going with uh, the Redskins on this one. I like it. We may go, I don't know if we've disagreed yet. Oh, the Bears, Bears, Vikings. I picked the Vikings. Yeah, there's been a couple. <laughs> All right. My Raiders are trying to keep their playoff hopes alive. They're going to Denver, where the Raiders are actually dogs by three and a half points in this game. I think Gruden is going to get those guys pumped up. I think they're going and getting a victory here outright. But uh, I'm also getting three and a half points. So give me Oakland on the road. I don't agree on that one. I, I think I think the Broncos are just. I think the Broncos are a better team overall. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm going with the Broncos. If the Broncos win this game, they will be seven and nine, which is the same record that Oakland will finish with. I think Denver, mm-hmm. as we've said a couple times before, is a is ahead of schedule. I think they're going to be yep. a competitor in the next couple seasons. They've got a lot of great pieces. They've got good coaching, and they've got guys that compete. Specifically, that Philip Lindsay is fun to watch run. Um, mm-hmm. I'm excited to see what he continues to do. But Denver is a team to watch out for in coming years, and I wouldn't be surprised if they if they close the door on my Raiders this year, but I'm still picking Oakland. <laughs> and uh, I think they got a, a, a good young quarterback in Drew Locke who they, they've got some uh, some stuff to build around. So uh, I, th- I think that uh, I think the Broncos are on, on the right track. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Houston is certainly on the right track. They've locked a playoff berth up, and they will close the season out by hosting the Tennessee Titans, who need a win in order to secure the sixth seed. Uh, Houston is going to be sitting some guys, so they're actually dogs in this by four and a half points. Uh, or Yes, Houston is dogs. Tennessee is favored by four and a half. Um, I am betting Houston, and I will tell you why, Seth. The Raiders are making the playoffs. So Houston needs to win this game, and they will close the door on your Tennessee Titans 
uh, watch the Raiders <laughs> get in as your wild card? Uh, hopefully not, because that would be a boring playoff game. Um, <laughs> I'm going to the Titans. All right. Jacksonville hosts the Indianapolis Colts, two teams that have been disappointing this season. Uh, the Colts are three-and-a-half-point favorites on the road in Jacksonville. I will take them to cover uh, against the Jacksonville team, which they just are really great at losing. <laughs> yeah, the Jaguars are still a mess, uh, so I'm going to go with the Colts here. All right. Uh, my Los Angeles Rams will be playing their final game in L.A. Coliseum against the Arizona Cardinals, who are coming off a big win against Seattle. Uh, the Rams are the favorites by 7.5 points here. I'm, I'm going to pick this game with my heart and say that the Rams will win it, win it convincingly. I think McVay is going to get them up last game of the season, uh, last game in that stadium. I think they're going to win convincingly, as they did a couple weeks ago against Arizona. So even though the Cardinals are coming in hot, I think the Rams are going to get to nine and seven with a convincing victory here. I don't agree. I think the Cardinals are playing really well. Um, and, and I think that, uh, you know, I, I think that, uh, the, the Rams are just going to kind of, you know, whim, uh, whimper into uh, their new stadium where it'll be filled with, uh, you know, half of the opposing team's fans, just like the Coliseum is. <laughs> well, shots fired, I guess. Uh, <laughs> Holy hell, let's see if I invite you to go to L.A. for a game with me next year. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> uh, let's go to the NFC East. New York Giants will host the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Eagles are four-and-a-half-point favorites here. This is an interesting game because the Giants have shown a lot of capability on offense, but the Eagles' defense has stepped up in the past couple weeks and has played better than they were earlier in the year. I am going to take the Eagles to cover here. Because I think that this is a team that is building a case to be the team going into the playoffs with momentum here. So I will take the Eagles on the road uh, to lock up the NFC East. Yeah, I agree with you on this one as well. I think that just the Eagles are, are a team that wants it more right now, and uh, they need this game. So, you know, the, the Giants have been playing well. They've been playing better and putting up a lot of points and all that. But um, I think the Eagles, uh, they they really need this game to to get to the playoffs. So. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. We go to Baltimore. Again, they've locked in the one seed. They're sitting guys. Uh, but they're at home against the Steelers this week, who still have something to play for. Steelers are favored by two and a half points, and I still think it's wrong. Even if it's RG3 and whoever the fuck they pull off the street to play running back for the Ravens, this, structurally this team is better, and I think RG3 is a fine fit for this offense. He's not Lamar Jackson, but he can run the same shit. And... Pittsburgh, while great on defense, I don't think will be able to keep this close enough. Uh, I will take the Ravens to uh, especially plus two and a half. I think they'll win this game, um, which will, by the way, keep the door open for Oakland. Uh, I will take the Ravens <laughs> to win outright over the Steelers, ending their playoff run and finishing them at eight and eight. Um, I don't know why I'm just picking the Steelers here, um, just because it, you know, it, it, I guess it is the starting team versus the not starting team. I did see though that actually Mason Rudolph is on IR now, so we will be Duck Hodges again, um, and, and James Conner also might not play. But you know, for whatever reason, I think that the Steelers win this one. Yep, quack quack. Final game of the regular season, Sunday Night Football. This is a great one. Seattle Seahawks at home against the San Francisco 49ers. This has huge playoff implications. One of these teams will be a wild card five seed, and the other could be the number one seed, depending on how the rest of the games shake out here. 
the line is Seattle plus three and a half points. I think this game will come down to a buzzer beater field goal one way or another. So to be getting, excuse me, so to be getting three and a half points here is enough for me to pick Seattle. I would also pick them to win this game outright at home, but if I'm getting three and a half points, I think it's an easy pick for me. I'll take Seattle. Yeah, I agree with that too. I think either way it's going to be a close game, uh, no more than three points. So I'm taking the three and a half points for Seattle. All right. That would be huge for them uh, to get the extra rest, the extra time with those new backs and the home field games for sure. So that'll be a huge one. America will be watching. Uh, and uh, it'll be a great, great, great finish to the end of the season. It'll be really nice to not be watching uh, the NFC North or East. It seems like it's always one of those two teams or one of those two matchups that, that ends the season on Sunday night. So it'll be nice for the NFC West to be represented and to watch <laughs> uh, what I'm sure will be a very good game. All right, so going into the final year of the season, uh, it's it's obviously tough to pick games uh, because, you know, we've got guys sitting, we've got teams that aren't playing for anything. And so we want to switch it up this week and go back to something we did or that we wanted to do early in the season. Uh, Seth has now uh, gotten hot lately in the last couple weeks at the Daily Fantasy uh, DraftKings and the like. And so we, uh, in the case that you are playing Daily Fantasy for Week 17, Seth wants to give you with his fantasy lineup uh let's see his suggestions for daily fantasy picks and i i need to bring back uh well you can do that do the money one oh uh, we'll still do the money. money okay you can still win money doing daily so here we'll do we'll do this one here comes the money here we go money talks here comes the money all right so so for for folks who don't know a refresh um is daily fantasy you are in a pool you have a certain amount of salary to build a team. So not only do you want the best players, but do you want them at the best value because you can't just afford to have all the top players at positions. So you're looking for good deals. You're looking for players who uh, are inexpensive but have an opportunity to break out. And you've had some success at this in the last couple of weeks. So who are you going in with for week 17 to try to win the big bucks? Yeah, I think I've won more money playing daily than 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 I have with uh, betting recently. So I've been playing a lot more daily fantasy, which I, I do quite enjoy. Um, so yeah, kind of what I'm looking at for this week, uh, I do like like to look for the values, like to look for. I mean, obviously, and it's what's kind of nice with daily is that on the 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 site they kind of give you like the the opponent rank for that position. Um, and and do it like with green, you know, for for good good you know good matchups and all that stuff. So and they actually give the that overall rank. So um, I do like to do the quarterback wide receiver stack. And so for values, Jameis Winston for your for your bucks, my boy, uh, and Brash- and Brashad Perriman, who is the number one receiver, who played off pretty well last week. I actually did this last week. Uh, Winston Perriman and the second wide receiver for their team, Just- Justin Watson. All perform really well. I'm doing that again this week against Tampa Bay or against Atlanta, excuse me, um, who does not have a great pass defense. Um, running back wise, I have James White against Miami. Of course, uh, they're, they're the 31st ranked run defense. Uh, he's at $5,900. It's a good deal. And then Marlon Mack against Jacksonville. Jacksonville's run defense has been pretty terrible at $6,900 is, uh, for him. Um, I already mentioned Rich Perriman. We talked about uh, the Giants playing Philadelphia. Philadelphia still does have a pretty bad pass defense, so Sterling Shepard I like a lot, who had a good week last week. And then, uh, you know, you, you talked about Tyler Higbee, had 100 yards in every game. He's playing Arizona. Arizona is is 
I think they have the worst defense against tight ends. You always start your tight ends against Arizona. So I'm going to Tyler Higby at $5,600. And uh, then my flex, I have Curtis Samuel against New Orleans. New Orleans pass defense still hasn't been great. Uh, and DJ Moore is banged up. So uh, I think there'll be a lot of targets going Curtis Samuel's way. All right. There's the lineup for Seth's Daily Fantasy. Is it is DraftKings that you're playing, right? Yes. Yep. Yeah. And how are you liking that interface? Is that Would you recommend DraftKings for folks who want to try out Daily Fantasy? Yeah, it's really easy. Um, and there's actually uh, free games. So I think even if you don't live in a state uh, that does legally Daily Fantasy, because like some states allow you to do Daily Fantasy, even if it's not, you know, gambling's not legal there. Um, and so, you know, if, if you're in a state that it's not legal, though, um, I think you can still do free games. So it's really easy. You just, you know, you kind of go in and plug and play your players and, and find out what the, the best combo is. And like I said, you have the the rankings on the side and it's in green if it's a good matchup. And and then to submit your stuff, it's it, you know, it saves your lineup. So, you know, if you want to enter in multiple contests, which is how you usually win a lot more money because, um, you know, each contest has a certain different number of players uh, with another different entrance fee. Um, so, you know, like I entered in, I, I entered a $9 contest this week for the, like it was a $5 million prize and I won 15 bucks off of that one because of my lineup. So, you know, all that stuff does work out pretty well and, and you want to enter as many as possible, but, um, you know, it's fun. I, I like it a lot. And, and, uh, you know, if your actual fantasy team sucks, uh, it gives you a chance to, to actually care about fantasy without rooting against players too. So that's pretty nice. <laughs> Yeah, that is that is pretty good. If you want to check out, uh, we don't have any sponsorship with DraftKings or anything like that. But uh, if you do want to check them out, you're going to want to pick Seth's players uh, if you want to win some cashola this weekend. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. All right, that's pretty much it. But uh, before we officially wrap it up, I suppose we should probably do one more thing. But I'm down to one more, one more thing. There's so many different things uh, that I wanted to talk about for one more thing, and I'm struggling to decide between them. Um, Here is what I will say. Um, My one more thing will be uh, a farewell to the 2019 season for the LA Rams. Um, (laughs) And this, of course, you know, the NFC champion from last year, and it's very common actually in NFL history for the team that loses the Super Bowl uh, to miss the playoffs the following year. So the Rams, yet another team on that list here. And, you know, you talk about a team that has similar to, to Dallas and similar to Minnesota and some other teams that we've talked about, all the talent in the world, seemingly. Um, and like Minnesota, some some great coaching that people have confidence in, but just too many, too many laid eggs this season. You know, you talk about the Tampa Bay win that should have been winnable. Missed field goal could have put him over Seattle in week four, I think. Uh, You have the loss against Dallas that was pretty much the nail in the coffin until the loss against the Niners officially was. Uh, The very bad Pittsburgh loss. So in in an NFC that was hyper-competitive this year, uh, the Rams just weren't able to get it done uh, when it mattered. And I I think this is a team that still has the core of a great team uh, and with a third-place schedule next year will have an opportunity to get right back in the mix, uh, depending on what they do in free agency and in the draft. So, uh, Rams, uh, I'm sad to see you go. I am excited for next season. But, uh, you know, this is a case where, you know, this year in the NFC, you got to come ready to win the big games. And the Rams just didn't do that, like a couple other teams. 
And I owe one of our friends, Doug, 50 bucks because the Rams missed the playoffs and the Vikings made it. So um, <laughs> the final thing I will say is, God damn it, Rams, you owe me 50 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of to uh, speaking of the Rams um, draft and, and uh, free agency, uh, they don't have a ton of draft picks this year, don't, don't they? No, then no they first rounders. No first rounders. They traded that away for Jalen Ramsey, who will go into a contract discussion this year. So it'll be some mid and late round, mid and late round picks. Likely, um, I'm assuming in the linebacking and, and offensive line uh, teams. I think those are kind of the big, the big things that they'll need going into the year. But in terms of offensive weaponry and defensive playmakers, they've got them at every level. They're just going to be need to filling in gaps. And what I like about this is Sean McVay has that much more time to restructure this offense in a way that makes sense to best utilize Gurley, best utilize Goff, get him in positions to succeed. I think they have the right players. I just think that they, for whatever reason, haven't been able to put them in positions to win, um, and they got exposed in, in big-time situations this season. Yeah, it's going to be tough, especially, too. You know, I know a lot of their uh, a lot of their, their salary cap is – kind of eaten up right now by some of their big time players so mm-hmm. um, hopefully hopefully we can get some good value uh signings and picks uh for the future um my one more thing is uh uh it, it, this one's a more fun one uh not not saying goodbye to anything but more of a i guess it might be is kind of a bye um goodbye to to eli manning uh, he uh there's a video that came out this week that was pretty great <laughs> of him and daniel jones parting it up uh, after their win <laughs> this past week, um, and they were playing flip cup and throwing shit everywhere and and having a good time. Eli was was uh, he he was letting loose and having a little fun with with the uh, I think he he's thirty eight and Daniel Jones is twenty two, so uh, he could have been babysitting Daniel Jones. But uh, you know it's 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 pretty funny. Um, Eli, I've always liked Eli Manning. He he's always he's always. I mean he did he did SNL that one time. Like he's he's kind of one of those guys that. You know he, he doesn't he's not out there a lot in the media, but when he is, he's always great. So um, I like Eli Manning. I like that he's out there partying and having a good time, even though this year he's kind of been relegated to, to bench duty for the most part. So um, go have fun, Eli. You only got a few years left in the league. I think so too, man. I love this. I'm gonna be rooting for Eli. Whatever it is he does next, if anything, uh, you know, if he finds his way to another team or if he's playing as a backup or whatever it is he's gonna do. Uh, I want him to succeed because I, I like that guy. You never, you never once saw him do anything bad, like in terms of what he said off the field or anything like that. So uh, easy guy to root for. And I can say, as a person who often hangs out with people over forty, I guarantee you, Daniel Jones had an awesome time partying with Eli because it is very <laughs> fun to hang out with adults, especially when they have a lot more money than you and are likely buying drinks. So uh, <laughs> Daniel Jones, continue to party with Eli. You're going to learn a lot, kid. <laughs> <laughs> so Daniel Jones learning a lot about you know booze and and women I'm sure from Eli. Uh, Rams have a lot to learn going into next season. That's our one more thing. But I'm down to one more, one more thing. All right, folks, that's it for the show this week. Make sure you're subscribed wherever it is you're listening. New episodes of this show every Friday and of the main show every Thursday. We're going to continue the sports show all the way through the NFL season. So we'll be talking about all the playoff matchups next week picking all of those games, and a whole lot more uh, with uh, with the playoffs underway, which is a, it's crazy. Uh, 2019 coming to an end, regular season finishing up this weekend, but a lot of great football left to play, of course, finishing up in Florida with uh, the Super Bowl 
coming up in February. So lots of great stuff to come. Uh, make sure you're also checking out our sponsors, link to all of them in the description box. Lots of fun to be had down there. So uh, yeah, subscribe, share the episode, all that good stuff. We're wrapping it up here. He is the so-host, Seth Ott. I'm the co-host, Cody Michael, and we will see you next week. Bye. Sports. And boom goes the dynamite.